Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. I mean, there's a lot of foods I hate, so I can't really speak. I even said the worst food. Like, I think pickles are like literally Satan reincarnated. Like dill pickles are delicious. Oh, yes. Every pickle. Doesn't matter. Every pickle. Every pickle. In what world is an onion better than a pickle? My little fucked up world. <laughs> Alright then. What about like a cucumber? Uh maybe. I don't I don't seek them out, but like if they're there, I'll eat them. Eh. Hmm. See them more fucked up. No, it's not. It's normal. Things are weird. They're so weird. But zucchini's awesome. Okay, zucchini's gross as shit. Oh dude, I had some baller ass zucchini last night. Said no one ever. Uh it says me and Kieran. Okay. Just say, I'll send you a picture. It's great. Because <laughs> I had it with like that hanger steak. Oh, a steak now. A steak looked good. Yeah, it, it, it was. It turned out surprisingly good. Yeah. I, was, I was blown away by it. Then I won boyfriend points by letting Karen take the leftovers to lunch. Right. So, you know, every so often I have a heart. Most yeah. of the time it's like a void right here. <laughs> Until you have the steak and then you're like, oh, it starts beating. Get <laughs> the rest of it, honey. <laughs> and then Jared's like, "You don't seem like yourself." Yeah, I know. I'm angry. <laughs> All I have is Impossible Burgers. It's not doing the job. <laughs> Are you so unhappy, man? <laughs> Eating Impossible Burgers every day this one week. I haven't had one in a while. I was gonna go to a sandwich shop around the corner and get one, but we'll get a sandwich. I wasn't gonna get the Impossible Burger there, but we'll see. Should get like the real fucking burger. You know, I know I had Burger King's Impossible Whopper yesterday just because I was out doing errands. So why are you, are you doing those because you prefer them for health reasons or for the environment reasons? By no, the way, we've been alive for a while, just in case you didn't notice. No, I know, and we should keep all this in there just because. Yeah, let's do this. And then we can do like a real intro, like five minutes in, so like suck people in. And be like, okay. this is talk about something good. It's like, no, this is much better than nerd shit. Yeah, way better. Uh, no, I mean, talking to Phil and just being around Phil has got me, like, trying to change a couple different things, so, like, um, I've, I've started moving to, like, reduce my single-use plastic bags and stuff, like, I bought, like, reusable little, like, vegetable bags, so when I go to the grocery store, I can just use those instead of little plastic bags, and then I have, um, like, the last pair of shoes I bought are, like, technically vegan, so. Can you eat them? I don't know, I should try. For sure. That offense to the vegan. <laughs> Is it? I don't, no, I don't mean eat the vegans. I mean eat the shoes. <laughs> I don't think vegan people are tasty, so I'm not going to grab it. This tastes like Impossible Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 72 of the PHP Town Hall. I'm Matt, and this is Ben, and we're just catching up tonight. We'll be talking about PHP stuff, non-PHP stuff. 
how vegans taste and um, why I'm eating impossible burgers. So, Ben, how's this, it going? This episode of the PHP Town Hall is brought to you by Four Roses. And a water bottle. Disappointing. Yeah, well, my lungs are saying other things right now. Uh, let's keep going on that because I haven't fought with Phil in a long time and I feel like he's going to message me after this. So, um, I mean, I can make him message you after this. Can you convince me that you eating impossible burgers and hitting your life actually does more than like you get an interview with, I don't know, fucking IBM or Google or some shit, and then you turn it down and tell them it's because they're not helping the environment enough. And then like 4,000 engineers do that, and then they help the environment just a little bit. And that does more than everyone not enjoying every meal for the rest of their life. I mean, so one, I've enjoyed the impossible burgers that I've had, but I definitely don't hate my life. Well, no, that's not true. I definitely hate my life, but I hate it a little bit less only because like every time I eat an impossible burger, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, you know, like that garbage, greasy feeling in your stomach. So like, it feels lighter. It's a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, not as greasy. So like, it's not as much of a mess when you're eating it, which, you know, if you're out and about or something, you know, you don't want to have to like grease hands or whatever look at that nice like greasy food cleanse afterwards though no well i mean that's what hot chicken's for so is hot chicken better somehow than a burger (laughs) no oh god hell yeah hot chicken dude hot chicken is the best thing to ever happen to my life i don't mean taste wise obviously taste wise i mean like for the environment it was actually so what's no it's definitely not better for the environment um I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily convinced that impossible workers are totally better for the environment. There's still like the whole transporting them from point A to point B. That's carbon emissions, and then all the cooking and all that kind of stuff. Like, so I mean, it's obviously not like a a silver bullet to the whole environment, but it's a step in a direction, you know. Because cows are like one of the worst offenders for climate change. So, like, if you can just lessen your dependency on them, then you know. Little by little by little, stuff eventually adds up. You know, it's, it's like the same thing we talked about um, in our finance podcast, like four or five, eight months ago, however long that was. We're like, you know, we're talking about budgeting. It's like tracking your spending and figure out where like every single dollar is. And it's like once you figure out, you know, like if you're spending ten bucks a day on lunch. Excuse me, five times it's fifty dollars. Fifty dollars times, you know, fifty two weeks is twenty five hundred, give or take. You know, and then like you, you lessen your lunch, your lunch outings by one, you know, and you're saving $500 a year, you know, and you can take that money and kind of do something else with it. So, you know, it's not a, a silver bullet. It's like, you know, it's the same thing with like reducing my single use plastics. It's, it's not going to solve the problem, but it's a step in the right direction. And it, it, you know, it shows other people that can be done. So, um, when we were talking on the APIs, you won't hate podcasts, um, we were saying, you know, like, the Impossible Burger like has like a five or six dollar upcharge in most bars here in Nashville. So like a regular burger is like twelve to fifteen dollars depending on the restaurant you go to, which is stupid. It's stupid to pay fifteen dollars for a burger, and then you got to pay like the five dollars extra to get the Impossible Burger. Um, but like, yeah. you know, like I'm willing to swallow that one. So you know, demand goes up, so that way people will buy more and hopefully drive the price down, so it becomes more accessible. So. Could you do the math on like which is better, <coughs> a regular burger and then buying five dollars in trees? Five dollars in what? Trees. Uh, pot, Matthew. I don't know. I'll ask Phil. 
I'll just I'll make sure I'll do the math. That would be interesting though to like to actually figure out where your dollars are best served in that way. I mean, it would be. I mean, I think I think it's also uh, in a, a little bit of like weird like places not to put your dollars. Like, try not to fly as much as you can. You know, like that that seems to be a big one. Um, although it kind of so actually. I actually think Phil's argument there kind of makes sense, right? Like, so maybe it takes you 20 hours more, but you can work on the train. You can kind of like, yeah, just hang out. Um, I don't know if that would do it most of the time, just because that's like a, it's a big lifestyle commitment. And, you know, Phil has a more flexible lifestyle than most people. But, uh, like everybody. Yeah. But it's, it's a good argument, right? That like, yeah, the train doesn't necessarily stop you from doing other things the way the, the plane does. No, I mean we're uh, there's a rumor that they're going to start pushing for Amtrak from Memphis to Nashville to Chattanooga to Atlanta, and um, like I'm hugely in support of that because every time I go visit my parents, you know, it's, I mean they say it would take six and a half hours to go from Nashville to Atlanta, but like if you ever drive that route, you know, Chattanooga is going to find a way to like just fuck your life up, and you know, like what should be a four hour drive on Google turns into a six hour drive, and so what's an extra? half an hour where I don't have to worry about driving. I can work. I can read. I can sleep. I can do whatever I want to. Yeah, yeah right. And then when you're driving, you know, you want to stop for a piss break or a snack or something yeah. just because it's boring. Or, you know, like you, you get a cop on the side of the road who's bored and just wants to, you know, mm-hmm. give you a hard time. So, just, personally, like, if we had more trains, I'd, I'd be all about it. But, yeah, you know, that's probably not going to happen until after I die. So, it'll be cool. I'll make sure to hit Cracks like over my grave. Yeah. Let's spread your ashes off the train. That'd be kind of cool. If you do it like near Yosemite, that'd be really awesome. That would be cool. I, I feel like trains will go there last though because it's just so wide open. There's a train trip you can take over, like it. It's like a national parks one. It does like Yosemite, Sequoia, all the way up to Yellowstone. Wait, does it actually go there, or does it just go to like? Jackson Hole or some shit. Uh, I'll have to look. I don't know. It's been a minute since I looked at it, but it's pretty cool. I mean, the stops were labeled Yosemite, Sequoia, Grand Teton, yeah, Yellowstone. So maybe. Yeah, I would do it. I mean, up in your area because you're in Boston now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, y'all have trains going all over the place up there. Yeah, yeah, um, which is very nice to always have the option. Yeah, right. Let me like, what, what's a train ride to New York City from like what four hours? Yeah, it's about, uh, there's like two options. There's a fast one and a slow one. The fast one's like a little less than four, and the slow one's about six. It's not all that bad, really. No, it's not. It's like, I mean, it's a four-hour drive, and then <coughs> stops and traffic and all that, especially traffic in New York. You're looking yeah. at six. Yeah. Have y'all done that yet? We've done the drive. We went down for Christmas. Oh, cool. Uh, I did the train from New York to Boston a few years back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was it was fun. It's kind of nice. Nice. So I think the last time we did one of these episodes, we had Phil and oh shit, we had Amanda on here too. We did. When was that? Um, millions. We've been at least like six months, right? Um, All the hosts, episode sixty-two in February. So it's been almost a year since we've done something like this. It has. I wonder if Amanda's still alive. <laughs> Uh, I believe she is. I talk to her occasionally, every couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear from her like once upon a time. It's usually like yeah. 
music stuff. She hates talking about tech now. So, I mean, don't we all? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do. But I think everyone who listens to this should um, message Amanda and just say hi. Nothing yes, else. Just hi. Just hi. Hi. You know, I mean, for, you've changed jobs in the last year, haven't you? A well, lot's happened in the last year, man. Uh, since February, I let's see, got married, changed jobs. Oh, that's right. You did get married. Austin. You had like a super secret wedding on some island. And you were not invited. <clears throat> I know I wasn't invited. I just didn't want you there. That's a good thing. No one should want me in a wedding. <laughs> no, no one was invited. Uh, Dominican Republic before it got scary. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was just me and her on the beach. A little ceremony. Then we honeymoon for several days. Wait, so did you not have any, like, witnesses there? Like, how does that work? Is it legal? Like the, the hotel supplies them. This is actually funny. Uh, so it was all, like, done through the hotel, and they supplied a minister or officiator yeah. or whatever it was. But uh, he, 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 I guess, got the wrong paper. And so he started off the ceremony with the wrong names. And we're both like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we let our wedding party pick out the song. And uh, well, so not, like... There were three songs. There was one to come down the aisle, one to dance to, and then one to come back down the aisle for. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't think about the one to come back down the aisle to. So we had nothing planned, and they asked us about it while we were down there. Yeah, and so we let the wedding party decide. And I believe it was Jose Gonzalez Savant on Twitter. Uh, I think he pushed for uh, Circle of Life when the line came. <laughs> So we let them vote in that one. So that's what we came back to the aisle to. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, cool. If I ever get married, I'm doing that. It's better than all of his other choices because a lot of them were like Spanish booty songs I didn't know, but had very explicit lyrics. How's that any different from anything else? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I I moved to a new job at Wayfair. Uh, started in December. And moved to Boston for that, so that's been it's been really cool. It's been very different than what I'm used to, right? So like before, I was at a startup, small company, uh, fully remote, and I've been remote for ten years. Are you okay, Matt? <laughs> no, I'm dying. And uh, yeah, so moved here, huge company, uh, working in an office for the first time in a while, and I'm working on the PHP platforms team. So I'm like. Specifically honed in on making PHP better for the engineers there, hmm. which they have over a thousand PHP engineers. So it's really easy to like gain leverage, and what we do affects a lot of people. Um, it's been really fun so far. So I mean, like, are you working on like like a, a tooling chain for them? Is that kind of what you're like building up, like better test suites and stuff like that, or like what what kind of stuff are you doing? So there's like a lot of parts to it. Um, there's rocks behind me. I'm uh, I'm under infra, so we're an infrastructure team, mm-hmm. and the goal is to just make the full lifecycle development PHP better, kind of whatever that means. So a lot of that'll be like education, uh, consulting with other teams to help them just write more modern, better PHP in general. Oh, cool. Um, developing like libraries and tools for them, and then a lot of kind of high level things like. How do we uh, how do we decouple PHP apps from the monolith into decoupled applications, right? And helping teams do that all along the path, and then like building pipelines and the linters and 
static analyzers and all that kind of stuff for the full pipeline. So like, like, is there a framework that y'all use or is it all just kind of components glued together or like just a massive mix? Cause I can't imagine like a thousand engineers. Yeah. It can be a little chaotic. Uh, so there's, a, there's a lot of legacy still, right? Like I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it can be a little messy. There's like a Wayfair framework, which is the old legacy stuff. Uh, but the the new stuff is all in either Slim or Symphony for the most part. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like our team in particular supports Symphony, uh, but a lot of the other teams have Slim as well. And we don't we don't like enforce anything for the most part. Like the general idea is that we just enable people to do what they're doing well. So yeah. So like, does this require you to like deep dive into the Symphony framework and all that kind of stuff, or like, are you kind of you you don't really have to do that kind of stuff. Not that kind of stuff too much. I mean, occasionally we'll kind of consult on how to do something the best way, but a lot of it's like best practices or fixing and organizational, like, um, you know, how do I use this inside there? How do I wire this library in? Stuff like that. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. And so, I mean, like, how's, how's life in the office? I mean, you've been remote for as long as I've known you, I think. The most surprising thing to me was just how, like, really fucking tired I was for the first few weeks. Like, it's a combination of two things. So I was getting up earlier than I've gotten up in years, right? So I was I've been trying to start my day around 8.30. So most people get in the office around 8 to 10, somewhere in there. But our team is half in Berlin, so I'm trying to start earlier so we have the overlap. And that's been painful because I'm like a 10 a.m. kind of guy, right? Uh, so just getting used to that and like adjusting my schedule, like I can't go to bed at 2 anymore. I have to go to bed about like 11 pretty solidly uh and then i'm commuting in which is an adjustment and i I think just like being around people more and being more social and like the noise in the office was just really tiring until i got used to it right it was just like was a lot going on now that i'm more used to it it's uh that's pretty much leveled out that's better i'd actually say overall which i'm kind of surprised by i think i like working in the office better Um, yeah at least multiple days a week because i really like the social interaction like it feels like yeah. way less isolating. Remote was really starting to feel pretty isolating. No, I mean, like that's what I noticed now that I'm remote is I'm like, I don't have anyone to talk to during the day. And it like me, like I can just shut myself into my apartment for weeks on end and like forget what day it is. And I'm like, oh shit, I need to go talk to people. And like, mm-hmm. I have to be like really intentional about that because it's not good for your mental health. No, it's not good at all. Um, I mean, like fortunately, you know, like, Karen comes over like four or five times a week and we'll go out to dinner stuff. But I'll also like make sure I go to coffee shops and go out to lunch way more than I probably should. Just so I have like, you know, social, social interaction, you know, I know the coffee people don't care about my emotions and my mental health, but you know, just talking to them for five minutes does help kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does help. Yeah. And it's kind of it's like, it's nice to have other people to collaborate with in person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would try to do all that stuff, but it's still different. Like I would have co-working spaces or whatever, which helps. Mm-hmm. It's still not quite the same. You would like go to the co-working space and kind of work alone all day still. And like have some conversations, but it was not the same. Um, I'm, I imagine eventually I'll get like, you know, I need to work from home a little bit to have some peace of quiet. But right now I'm really enjoying the office. Yeah. Um, they're kind uh, of, like remotes encouraged as well. So like, you know, I, I get to work from home when I want to for the most part. So I can kind oh, of that's nice. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you've been there for like, what, now, a month or so, I think? Yeah, almost two months now, month and a half. Nice. And it's still definitely in the period, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's working out pretty well. You're still within the, they can fire you for pretty much anything, period, so. Well, let's hope not. Well, yeah, obviously, but, yeah, just saying. <laughs> Any day now. Any day now. <laughs> that one time you overshare, and they're like, no, get the fuck out. <laughs> you can't use 20 F-words in one meeting. Like, too much. Too many F-words. <laughs> you can only use 19 today. <laughs> uh, yeah, another good part is I'm going to be trying to get uh, even more active in the PHP community. So I'm, like, upping my speaking this year and stuff like that. Since, like, actually PHP coding is part of my, you know, normal day-to-day again. Yeah. So that would be nice. Where so you got accepted to tech? I saw where else, like where else are you speaking? Uh, so I got Midwest, and what is that? That is in April, and then tech in May. Yep, and, and we'll see what else comes along. So that's actually like you know, past couple of years that would have been my quota for the year. But this year I'm still going to look for another couple, probably for the end of the year. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean. I think last year you did one conference? No, you did two. I think I did two. Yeah, two's about been like what I've been aiming for, just because more than that can be pretty tiring if you're doing it. It's like an ancillary thing to work. So actually having like, you know, this is kind of sort of a part of my day job. So we're going to help with that. Yeah. I mean, I did five conferences last year, and it's it's exhausting. Yeah, it's a lot. Brutal. And I think I've only submitted to one conference this year and I didn't even get accepted. I'm kind of like, no, that's cool. I'm pretty yeah. not. It's kind of like, you feel guilty if you don't or you feel like you should, right? Yeah. Kind of when it doesn't happen. Well, when I was at Sunshine last year, like I was talking to Cal about it for a little bit. Because um, he's like, you know, certain people have, you know, larger than life personalities and they kind of dominate the conference. Um, so it's good to like take a break. And I was like, that seems like the perfect excuse I can use to take a break. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to take 2020 off or whatever. And then I guess I'm supposed to get a PHP South Wales or PHP Wales, whatever it is. Um, but that one seems to have fallen through, sadly. So I have no conferences. I was supposed to go to that one, too, which I was pretty disappointed that, that uh, they had to yeah. scale back conference or cancel or I think they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I was like, I... I, I like I was talking to him, um, trying to give him a little bit of advice about some things he could do to kind of boost sales and stuff, but just looks like um, his sponsorships weren't there and the tickets weren't really coming in the way that they wanted it to. So, I mean, it sucks, but hopefully, you know, I mean, hopefully it comes back next year. Like he can kind of retool things, make it a little bit better. Um, Cause I know now, like, you know, there's kind of like a decline in conferences, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but you know, it'd be nice to have some new conferences kind of starting to pop up. It's kind of a weird year in PHP conferences, right? Because so many have just shut down over the last year or two that it's, um, I, don't know, I, I can think off the top of my head, probably like five in the US. But like, I want to say like two years ago, there's probably 10 easily. I mean, so the ones that are still going Midwest, Sunshine, Tech, World, Longhorn, supposedly. Oh, uh, yeah, Longhorn. I forgot about that one. Like, I messaged, I messaged them because I was looking for their CFP. And I think Daniel was having a kid around this time again. Um, so they bumped it back out to October. So that's why I haven't seen a CFP from them. And then um, 
I don't know what's going to happen with Cascadia. Um, you know, I love that conference, but yeah, it is what it is. So, I mean, it's good to kind of have like a thinning every so often and then kind of let people see what works, what doesn't, and kind of come back up with it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be bad overall. It's just kind of different. No, it is. I mean, it's definitely different. Cause, I mean, when I started, there was like ski PHP was still a thing. Uh, True North was still a thing. Um, Seattle or Pacific Northwest PHP. And then I don't think there's anything or uh, Wave PHP. Also, Open West used to be a lot more PHP centric than it is now. Was it? I've, I've yeah. heard of that one. Um, there's Zencon. Yeah, that one's dead. Yeah, Zencon's a good one. Yeah. yeah. They have like Sunshine and Midwest if you want like the community run ones. And they got Tech and World for the bigger production. Yeah. It'd be cool. I mean, you should come to Tech because it's in Nashville, so you can hang out with me. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Hot chicken. Yeah. Hot chicken palooza. Woo! Uh, so what's new with you? It's been a year. What's happened? Uh, what happened in the last... Shush. Uh, yeah, so I got laid off from Open Sky. Uh, a bunch of us did, so that was really fun. Ooh. I mean, it is what it is. And then, like, a week later, I had another job. So that was pretty cool. Yay. Uh, yay. Um, and I mean, like, that's all thanks to, like, Twitter and like you and everyone else telling people to hire me because people took that seriously. And then I had offers within a week. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Talk about that a little bit. That was pretty cool the way you like kind of structured it and just hit that so hard and so quick, right? Yeah. You know, like looking back on it, I kind of wish I'd done it differently. Um, so, like, they, so, I mean, they, they came in on a Tuesday. And, like, we were just, like, debating a lunch, and they're like, yeah, everyone's being laid off. And we're like, okay, well, that sucks. Um, and so in between um, that announcement and getting, like, the severance paperwork and all that kind of stuff, I just sent out, like, a quick tweet, and I was just like, hey, I'm looking for my next challenge, um, you know, remote or Nashville or whatever. Just, you know, please retweet it. And then thanks to, like, you and David Stanley and a bunch of other people um, who I haven't seen to piss off yet in this community – all kind of helped me out, and um, I was leaving the office with people messaging me in my DMs, like, hey, we want to talk to you, and I'm like, that's cool. I was like, oh, holy shit, okay, cool, yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, I should give myself, like, 24 hours to be depressed about this whole thing, because, you know, like, it sucks to be laid off, it's not fun. So, like, I went home and worked on my resume for a little bit, and then bought Avengers Endgame, and I was like, I'll just watch this, and, you know, like, really resonate with, like, Fat Thor, um, which... You know, it really was good. And then I went to like a cycling group ride and I felt really bad because I had like all these emotions and I was like pissed off about being laid off and like worried about what's going to happen. So like I was in charge of the slower group and I just dragged their asses through Nashville. Like we, we were like averaging 20 miles an hour and these were like slower people. And I'm just like, you got to keep up. We're going. I'm dealing, I'm dealing with shit. Um, and so, yeah. And then like the very next day, Wednesday, like I just started. I started having interviews. And so I kind of wish in retrospect that waited until Monday to do everything. Just like, give me a minute to reset. Yeah. Give me, give me a minute to reset. Give me a minute to like, think about like, what do I even want to do? Like, do I want to say PHP? Do I want to get a different language? Do I care about framework? You know, like my lease is ending in a couple months. Like this is a chance for me to leave Nashville if I wanted to. Um, but so obviously you're like Laravel only. Anything else can go just fuck off. 
No, yeah, one hundred percent. I had someone come and ask me if I wanted to do like Zen, and I was like, I don't know what that is, and so obviously that no, that's not how that happened. Um, what's funny, like, so of all the PHP jobs I had, one was Zen, um, but more component stack, not like an actual framework. Uh, three or four that I talked to were Laravel. None were Symphony. Funny enough. And then I think one or two were like component, just strictly component based, nothing, nothing official either way. So it mean, I wasn't going for Laravel. It just happened that that's I find that interesting that you got like, I would have definitely thought Laravel and something all day long, but I wouldn't have thought like Zend or component based that much. The component based one was uh, like, it's for an older project. Um, with, you know, people I'd really like to work for one day. Um, but, you know, I think the project's been around for 10 plus years. So, obviously, like, back then, I think Zen was kind of, like, the big thing. So, I mean, it is what it is. And I had an offer for TypeScript as well over at Stoplight with Phil. And then I had a few other things. And um, it just worked out that, like, people were interested in what I had to offer. And so they just, they sped things along. Pretty much every interview, like, Felt like every good interview I had felt like a conversation of like friends not interviewing. No one That's liked what I felt in the interviewing process, right? Like, <laughs> you get a lot of these companies and it felt like a real interrogation. And I just walked out like, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to work with you, right? Like, right. I don't have a good impression of you now. And I think a lot of companies like they feel like that's a good thing. Like, oh, I'm smart. I ask you a lot of hard questions, but like, it's not a good look. No, especially if I have to spend 40 hours of my week with you. Like, I don't want to hate you or feel like I'm inferior to you in any sort of way. You know, like, I don't want to necessarily be your best friend, you know, but um, I would like to be able to go to an all hands meeting with you and um, not hang out with you for 15 minutes and then, like, desperately look for any way to get a- get away from you either. You know, um, mm-hmm. it just it just so happened that, like, the company that I eventually went with excuse me, like every single interview felt like we had been friends for years and we were just kind of catching up instead of um, them interrogating me about anything. So, um, and it really showed through too, because um, so it's a completely remote company based out of Lubbock, Texas, which is the smallest city I've ever been to in my entire life. Um, it's random as fuck. It, they, so their airport has nine gates, not nine terminals, nine gates. Like think about that first. Like it's, it's like the bathroom at ATL. I think the bathrooms at ATL. I think the men's room on the decor con- concourse in ATL has more stalls than Lubbock's airport does gates. <laughs> nice. Can you fly straight into Lubbock, or do you have to jump through Dallas? No, I had to. I had to go through Dallas, and then on the way out, I had to go through Austin. It wasn't like the worst thing ever. Um, like Dallas was okay. It was super early in the morning when we went through Dallas, so I wasn't really paying attention. Um, when I got to Austin, it was funny. It was like r- the gate was like right close to the one I left for Longhorn or whatever. So, um, I was like, I was like, oh, I remember this restaurant. This one was good, and I'll go eat there again. So it worked out pretty well. Um, but like when we had the all hands meeting, you know, I've been remote since I started in August, and so like we had our all hands, and it really just felt like I hadn't, I wasn't like the new person on the team or anything. Um. And meeting the CTO and the the all the other people just it really felt like friends were just getting together really. So like, 
I don't know like how other people can attain that level of interviewing, but it's definitely like the best way to do it. Yeah, I always try to look at them as like what like is a lot of this mindset, right? Like if your mindset is like I'm gonna quiz you to figure out if you can pass this test and yeah. it's that kind of dynamic. But if you can come to it as like a let's collaborate to figure out if you're a good fit and we're a good fit for you. Yeah. That dynamic a lot. So, yeah, I mean, like, one thing that really stood out about this company was, so, they were the second offer that I received. Um, There's a team in Nashville who interviewed me, and they really liked me, and they wanted to bring me on as well. And they sent me, like, I interviewed with the CTO on um, Wednesday. Like, this is going to sound egotistical, but I fit him in, in, like, a little slot of time I had in between all the other interviews. And then uh, the CEO and one of the other guys like wanted to meet me and they tried to meet me that night. And I was like, no, we'll meet tomorrow. So we went to a coffee shop on a Thursday. And again, it was one of those interviews where like, it was really just friends talking and hanging out. Um, but then they sent me an offer on Friday and you know, like that was the first offer I had. So like that sucked for them because you know, I'm in a position to pass on offers. Like I'm not dying for a job at this very moment. Um, but I also didn't want to be a dick to, all the other companies I was talking to, like, I want to hear them out. Um, and also, like, I just don't want to close any doors. And so I, I messaged him back. I'm like, hey, you know, thank you for this. Looks great. Can I have, like, they wanted an answer on Wednesday of the next week. That's pretty tight for, like, an exploding offer kind of it, time frame. And I asked for, like, I was like, can you just extend this till Friday? It's like one week? One week, yeah. yeah that's pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, I just asked for two extra days. That's all I really wanted. Because um, I kind of got the feeling that more offers were going to start coming in. So I wanted to be able to like sit down and look at them all. Um, and they replied, they're like, no, we can't give you more time. Like we need an answer. And I was like, well, okay, this is easy. I'm out. Yeah. That's yeah. high pressure. Isn't a good tactic. No, no. And then, like, I don't thrive well under like that kind of high pressure either. And so I was just like, well, I mean, if you're that desperate to bring people in, you know, like, is it going to be a shit show? If you can't wait two more days, then it's probably a bad sign. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, on the reverse, so the current company gave me an offer on Monday. Like, I pretty much finished the interview with them. And then an hour later, I had it in my inbox. And I sent them back a message. Like, you know, this looks awesome. You know, it was great talking to y'all. You know. Um, And they didn't even put a deadline on it. As far as I remember, I'm like, I'll have an answer for you on Friday. Um. I'm just, I want to finish the rest of these interviews and kind of give everyone else the same time. And I think one of them like sent me back kind of like a snarky, like, oh man, we really have to wait until Friday. Haha. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, no, 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 seriously. Like we really respect what you're doing. You know, we want you to do the best for you. Um, we understand what you're going through. So um, there's no pressure. Take as much time as you need. Um, we'll be here to talk when you're ready. And I was like, oh, well, that's refreshing. So. Yeah, it's it's just really weird, like how interviewing's changed over the last five years, um, both like in good ways and in bad ways. So, I definitely felt that, right? Like, I don't know, it's a lot more. Uh, like I bought like the Google really felt like people are quizzing me nonstop, or than ever before in my career when they interviewed places. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I wasn't really. Qu- was anywhere um like the hardest thing to get by i think at this point was like that bland hr screen 
or like the tech recruiter. So, I mean, it's going to sound egotistical, but like the interviews I did really well with were people who found me on Twitter, thanks to like you and everyone else retweeting me because those interviews were just chill. It was the ones where like the tech recruiter, the HR recruiter has no idea what I'm actually doing. And they're just asking you questions that you're just kind of like, why do you want a job? Well, I really want money. I'd like to eat. Yeah. I have a condition where I require steroids on a daily basis, and I need this thing called money to buy the steroids to keep me We alive. only hire for passion here, not money. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even, like, like those interviews are so boring. It's, like, it's hard to even find passion to, you know, like, I can't even fake it to make it sound like I'm passionate about the job. It's kind of like, I mean, get me to the next step, and then the passion will come out. But The hard part, too, with those is, like, they can always tell you so little about the job or the team. And it's like, I don't even know if I give a shit yet. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that that's, that was, you know, the, the good interviews were like talked about the team, the culture, how it's going to fit in, what's going to happen, you know, where do they see my strengths playing a big role, you know, like where they think they can help, um, kind of like bridge the gap with my weaknesses that I was open about, you know, like how they're going to help me when I'm sitting in a bathtub crying because I'm so tired and I don't know how to do things in Laravel or whatever, you know? So those are the interviews that like were the best. I think I may have cried a few times this week. Laravel makes you cry is what I heard. Really does. Really. It's, it's all just one big facade of um, emotions. Well, I was trying to figure out some kind of plan on facade and I just couldn't get there. I mean, yeah, it's a massive facade of emotions, and I just hide behind um, um, all the aliases that they use to access all of the deep emotions forged in my core. Um, that only things that like um, Envoy can really dig up. Kind of lost there at the end. Does the uh, the vapor from the hot water bath help you deal with that? Um, you know, it, the vapor really helps me create a homestead, so it gives me a place to dwell at night with my thoughts. There is our Laravel sponsorship. Probably, you know, just keep tinkering with it, and you'll eventually figure out how to use it well. Probably. I had to set her up a WordPress site the other day. That was interesting. I've, like, never start to finish on a WordPress site before, so that was fun. Yeah. I haven't used WordPress in years, but it's... uh something i'll tell you what though like the weird like i don't know if it's the weirdest thing but like the way the wordpress community does their things and the way the laravel community does things versus like against the php community is like such a night and day difference that like it's really shocking to go to like a word camp or something and then just watch laravel people on twitter sometimes it's it's interesting um see all that go down yeah um should probably walk the talk more, but I am a big proponent of like HP needs to include WordPress people more just because like they are our biggest user. Like we shouldn't alienate them as much as we do. I mean, so I don't I went to well, I crashed WordCamp US when it was here in Nashville. Um, and then I went to WordCamp Kent to speak lap two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago. Um so never once did anyone mention like feeling alienated. But, you know, because especially up in Canada, it's a very tight-knit community of people um, who are all kind of doing WordPress things up there. And so, like, I was kind of like the new person on the block, and so people come up and talk to me. 
And be like, so what do you do with WordPress? I'm like, well, I really don't do anything with WordPress. I'm just here to speak on mental health. Um, my day job does symphony. And then in my free time projects, I do like Laravel. I'm like, that's so cool. You know, like they, they were more, they, they were more interested in like what I was doing and trying to be inclusive to bringing me into the group. than almost anything, like we went out and did like a developer's lunch and multiple people were asking me like, you know, what do I like about symphony? What do I like about Laravel? Um, have I ever used WordPress? Would I use WordPress? You know, what, like, how do I get started with Laravel or Symphony if I'm only in WordPress? You know, so like, there's, there's such a, a bridge that wants to be finished there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see us alienating people as much as it used to be, but there's definitely still a little bit of friction to try and bring WordPress people into like the greater PHP community for sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you had that experience. It's, um, it's good to hear, right? It's definitely got better. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I might be an outlier. I don't know. You know, like, I may have just got a really friendly group of people who wanted to talk to me. And other WordPress people were like, no, fuck you guys. We don't want to talk to you. And I'm, I, yeah. I think it's probably more the other way around, right? It's probably more like PHP people looking down on WordPress people. There's oh, yeah. yeah. Like, how use WordPress, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's funny, like, it's like if you trash WordPress, people are just kind of like, yeah, but it works for me, so I'm cool with it. And then they go on with their lives. Whereas, like, if you trash Laravel, like, knives come out, and people are, like, hunt you down, and, you know, like, if Taylor dies tomorrow, like, fear, like, it might be as big as Kobe dying. Rest in peace. Get on that, please. <laughs> uh, was it, I mean, obviously, it's gonna be too late for when we release this, but in an hour, they're showing uh, his final game on ESPN, like, his 60-pointer. Right, right. So, I mean, it's on YouTube, so you can just go watch it. Or do what? I just said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. So you can go on YouTube and find it. Uh, you can also, as I found out today, you can also go on YouTube and watch uh, someone uploaded the radar of the helicopter flying around. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, I may have watched that one. Okay. Uh, moving on. So you, <laughs> are, you're still in Nashville. We talked about moving. What are the plans there? Are you staying put? Are you moving? What's the deal? Uh, I mean, a lot of that depends on uh, my girlfriend Karen's situation. She has an office job. That's, here. A, that's new in the last year, right? The girlfriend? Yeah, like we just hit six months and I still haven't fucked it up. So any day now. Dude, even my mom texted me the other day. And she's like, are you and Karen still good? I'm like, damn, come on. Not that bad. Awesome. So, uh, no, I mean, yeah, um, we've talked about it. Like, she's from Minneapolis, like the Minneapolis area. She likes Portland. I've also brought up Atlanta, just because, um, yeah, I like Atlanta. I know everyone else loves the shit on Atlanta, but I love it. Uh, but it all really depends on her and her job. Uh, she doesn't like being remote. She doesn't like working from home. Um, she needs, like, the office setting. So, um, it's all dependent on that, really. Uh, we've talked about Portland. We've talked about Minneapolis. Um, but, yeah. At the end of the day, it all depends. I've also thrown out Tulsa, so it's random. Why Tulsa? They do that remote thing, right? Yeah, they have that like remote offer, and it's also just super fucking cheap. And so I'm kind of like, you know, I can get like a house for less than what I pay for this apartment, and just drive my cost of living down so low that like I can retire safely in like less than ten years. Have you thought about Vegas? Adam Englander really wants me to go out there. I lived there for like a year, and I was. Constantly amazed at how cheap it was. Really? You get you get a house or a decent ass place for like good, pretty cheap. Uh there's no income tax. 
It was oh, like, really? Very affordable if you, uh, if you don't go to the bar a lot, right? Because like, drinks are like 10 bucks a piece or something crazy. But like, <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're frugal, it can be super cheap. Yeah. I also looked at like Vancouver, Washington and doing that whole living in Washington so you have no income tax. Shopping in Portland, so you have no sales tax, kind of double dipping. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. Um, because I lived in Portland, but like, I don't know. One of the big draws to Portland to me was like not needing the car and using the transit and all that, and you lose all that if you live in Vancouver. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like been one of the driving factors of places where we've been looking to live is like where can we have transit so we could get rid of a car and you know just able to walk places because Nashville's not really all that walkable. So if you come to PHP Tech, I can show you how bad it is. Deal. Yeah. There's always uh, it's always Boston. Um isn't Boston like super expensive though? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean like you're like right in the middle of the city though, aren't you? Like you're pretty much Well so I'm in South Boston, which is actually like I oh, say so you're in Southie. It's kind of uh, yeah, I'm in South A. It's like the Brooklyn of Boston, right? Like, it's not quite in the city. Yeah. But Boston's tiny. Like, coming from New York, where it would take, you know, easily an hour to get across town to the next place you gotta go, Boston's like, eh, it's a 30-minute walk. Like, pretty much across the city. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty easy. Like, my big... <laughs> A big problem here is I have to like constantly talk myself out of taking Ubers to work in the morning when I can just take a bus or a train because it's like so close that it's like yeah it's like a fifteen minute Uber. That's not bad. Yeah. How long? Like if you're gonna take the train, how long does it take you to get to work? It's so variable. So like if I take the train, it should be about thirty minutes. Um, yes. I've been taking the bus in the mornings because it's less traffic, so the bus is a little faster. Oh, cool. But it, all depends on like when the bus gets there to pick me up. So it can take somewhere between twenty and forty minutes usually with the bus. That's not too bad. So where like where is the Wayfair office like in relation to like downtown Boston or whatever? Uh, so the office I work at is in Back Bay, which is basically what everyone thinks of when they think of like downtown Boston. It's like mm-hmm. right in the middle of everything. It's not technically downtown. Downtown's a different spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the real question is like. How long would it take you to get from Wayfair to Fenway Park? I have not done that. Uh, probably 10 minutes, I would think. Oh, shit, that's not bad at all. Yeah, who am I guess? I went from here to Fenway, the neighborhood, and it was like a 20-minute Uber. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to come up there and watch a game. Definitely. You are coming in, uh, when is that, June? Yeah, I don't, you, I, I don't know. Am I? You're supposed to. Don't I owe you an abstract? I think I do. Just right. come speak at the window. Yeah, is Wayfair paying for that? Uh, we'll discuss it. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead and set a Google Flights reminder for flight price. I'll I'll uh, I'll tell you they will, and then I won't pay you, and it'll be good. No, right, yeah, that works too. <laughs> Delete right. this Venmo request. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I come up there, I gotta go see my grandparents anyway, so it'll it'll work out. Are they here? Yeah. Um. One set is in Newburyport, Salisbury, so that's like I think it's like an hour's drive north of the city, um, which isn't too bad. Like it's a uh, Newburyport is like a really small, quaint town. Like has a really cool kind of harbor city feel to it. Um, like really good 
good seafood if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and then the other set lives in Beverly or Danvers kind of area. I think where that cookie shop is that David sent you. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty close. Like 30 minute drive or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's like right there by Salem. So like where they did the witch trials and all that kind of stuff too. So I remember like as a kid, I'd go up there and like we'd go to the Salem witch tour and like the Salem witch museum and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of cool. And then we go into downtown Boston and um, we did like the USS Constitution, the Science Museum and all that kind of cool stuff and then go to a uh, Red Sox game. That's cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to like exploring around here in the summer because I haven't done a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, it's too cold to do shit right now, really. That's but true. In the summer, it'll be nice. I mean, if you're like a big history fan, there's so much history that happened up there, you know, so like you have like the Freedom Trail or whatever it is that like starts at Faneuil Hall and does all that like from when the revolution started and then you have like the oldest warship on record is in uh the boston is in i think it's in charlestown charleston whatever they call it so big ass wooden ship so that'd be cool yeah i mean it's, it's pretty cool I, I like going out to boston i really like boston as a city it's just incredibly expensive to live there so yeah yeah it is it's cheaper than new york was but not by much yeah i mean I'm sure San Francisco is so probably the worst, and then New York, and then Boston, DC. I think are probably about equal. Yeah, probably. Seattle like, wasn't great either, but it was probably less than here. It's been a few years. I mean, everything I've looked at at Portland it looks like it's comparable to Nashville. So yeah, that sounds about right for memory. Like Dave Ramsey released some sort of like cost of living calculator and pick two different cities, and it'll tell you like how much your salary needs to increase or whatever. So. For Portland, I was pretty much even. So I was like, well, it's not that bad. You know, then I'll have Kieran's salary as well to, you know, balance things out even more. And then um, a walkable city will just save me money from driving and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no driving and no sales tax there, right? Yeah, and then I fit in with, like, the rest of the nerds up there with all the bikes and stuff. So Super hipster bike person with your Impossible Burger. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm fitting in the mold of, of, uh, of Portland, I guess. I can see it. I can see it. Actually. The hippies are calling me. So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, other than that, like, so, you know, now the job is Laravel um, and Vue.js. And so one really cool thing is we have this dude on our team. He's from Lebanon. Um, so he kind of works odd hours. But this dude has been cranking out uh, Vue.js packages. Um, one of them, you know, like how Laravel has, like, their form request or uh, form request classes. Mm -hmm. It has like all the dot notation and all that kind of stuff. He wrote a library for Vue.js to pretty much do the same thing. Um, and it just, it slots right into the framework super nicely. And then he also wrote a, uh, a middleware kernel similar to what Laravel does, but for Vue.js. And then you can do like auth and things like that super simply. Um, That's really cool. Form request in particular something that like, does not get enough love. Like, it's a really yeah. cool idea that really cleans up your code. It, I mean, it makes life so much easier. Um, at one of my old jobs, we use that as, like, straight-up API validation coming in. Um, this is before I heard of, like, open API and all that kind of stuff. But so anytime we had an endpoint that was accepting data, we just wrote a form request class, and then we just check against every single thing that's supposed to come in. Um, and then Jeff Madsen, who works with us now, like he does some really cool things checking the verb. So if like if it's a post, we check everything. If it's a if it's a put or a patch, then we're only looking for 
like we have it all set up to be conditional based on if the field is um, set or not. So that way, like there's no kind of like a loophole for a put request to slip through or like a post to just never get accepted. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, we're doing some pretty cool things with Laravel. So it's, it's fun. Nice. That's yeah. great. So Midwest and then tech, um, didn't you say you're going to Berlin too? Yeah, that's for work. So I'm going to Berlin next month and then I'm going to take a few days afterwards to explore. So that's nice. Fun. Yeah. You should um, go to gonna fly out for the weekend. We'll look around a bit. Yeah. You should go to uh, Fulda. Show me where I was born. Send me pictures. Where is that in relation to Berlin? Uh, it's not my Frankfurt. Probably not going to do that. Though. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Uh, it's an hour flight. Shout out, man. It is a five-hour drive. Okay. That's an uh, investment. It's a three-hour train ride. Yeah. We're uh we're debating running a car and driving it to Auschwitz just because that would be like a bucket list item to to see that and uh, I'm sure it'll be very moving. Uh dr- 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 there's no direct trains. Oh yeah, today's like the uh it's taking six hours to get over there. Yeah, it's it's definitely a time investment. Yeah, but it's also kind of one of those things that's worth it to do, uh, especially because I've heard like the like the buildings are all starting to kind of get old and deteriorate. Yeah, it's actually it's what on like the border of Germany and Poland or something like that, or in Poland. No, it's in Poland. None of the death camps were in Germany. Um, all six of them were in Poland or Czechoslovakia kind of area. Um, but today is also the day that Auschwitz was liberated, so. Kind of like a story. yeah, but I mean, six hour drive or so. But yeah, I mean, you get to see also like the countryside and all that kind of stuff too. So it's probably, I'd say it's worth it. Yeah, I'm leaning towards it. Yeah, I would do that. Figure out the car around situation and all that stuff. Obviously, you should get a Porsche. Yeah, makes sense. Or a VW or an Audi. I don't know what kind of cars they have over there. Probably all the German cars. You should ask for a Lamborghini. It's not German, is it? I mean, it's Italian. They're like best friend. So close. So close. Yet so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then uh, we reached out to some cool people today, too. So, like, we got what? How do you say his name? Matthew? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to say his name. So, we reached out to Matt, Matthew or Matthew from Breath. With, uh, so, Breath is the like serverless <laughs> the PHP. So, that should be. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty um, cool. I haven't heard back yet, but that could be really fun. He's in France, so he's definitely sleeping. Yeah. Uh, I heard back from Woody Glick today. Uh, oh, yeah? He is definitely game, so cool. we'll get those scheduled soon. Oh, yeah. And then we're also going to talk to Rob Allen. So, Rob, if you're listening, say yes. Um, to talk about Slim. And then also, Frank, it's definitely not his birthday, DeJong, about um, Fly System and event, so- uh, event Sauce. Those will be pretty cool, but I mean, if anyone has any suggestions of people we should talk to, you know, message us on Twitter or something, because um, we'd love to talk to cool people and make this a more active thing. So Yeah, we're going to try to uh, keep this a little more regular in 2020. I'm sure we'll fail, but maybe we'll get a couple months out of it, at least. We can, we'll give the old college effort, and then one of us will find a way to mess it up. Me. Or I me. will. Probably me. 
I don't know. You're you're the one that had to do an episode by yourself recently. <laughs> True. And Drees was such a uh, such a, a champ about that. You know, you really couldn't see past the facade of his emotions there. Oh God, not again. We can't do this again. <laughs> All right. All right, man. It's been fun catching up. Yeah, it's been great catching up. All right. We'll talk to everyone later. Y'all. Yeah.